In the shadow of the most powerful city in the world, the Capital Golf Gang is on the air with instructor John Ronis from the Ronis Academy at River Creek, executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, John Gould, and former University of Maryland golfer, Ron Thomas. And now your host from Afternoon Drive on the Team 980 Radio in Washington, D.C., Steve Zabin. Everybody but Ron Thomas today. The numbers are dwindling. We are a threesome today, but Mr. Ronis and Mr. Gould are here. We can play as a nice threesome, right? Yeah. A little Get faster. A quick it's hot round outside. Yeah. Yep. yeah, it is hot outside. This is our third to final show of the season. So let's make it a good one. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about today. But I'm going to start with a, just a something I just observed here at Golfdom as we tape on a Wednesday. There is a little nipper, can't be more than three years old, yeah. if that, on the putting green. The very little putting area, the putting square, the putting arena that has made me go home with many of Buddy's putters. <laughs> yes. Because it rolls so true. It'll fix you. This, this you one never thing yip will fix one you. in yep. the old putting green at the golf store. And this kid, I'm looking at him, and he is sizing up a putt. He's got a pretty good form to him. And he's got his tongue like this, Ronis. Nice. Michael and he's Jordan-esque. eyeballing it. And he puts it, and as it's going towards the hole, he then kicks his leg up to give it some English. Swear to God, he can't be more than two and a half years old. Now, you tell me there is not magic in this game of ours yeah. that it can capture the fascination and attention of a little tyke like that. And that's innate. He's that not is. watching yep. that. Correct. He you don't learn it. that. He's you don't have to be taught that. that. It's yeah. not dad drilling it into him or mom drilling It's just, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Ball, I'm gonna roll. Ball in hole. Ball, like ooh, yeah. and he, you know, and he made one, and he yeah. got so delighted. It's great, isn't it? Great, that that's is good awesome. stuff right there. Okay, speaking of magic, today's big topic for segment number one is what is the key to the kingdom when it comes to golf? <sighs> what is the one thing above all else that will enable you, Johnny Weekend, slap chop? To play the best golf of your life, and not just for a round or two or a month or two or a year or two, but I mean for as long as your days may go. Love. I'll hang up. Love. Explain. Loving the game. Okay. When we were young, you know, we, we played. I know we played when we were yep. younger. Yep. John, I'm not sure. Yep. Zabe and I played when we were. I'm yep. not sure when you picked it up. Um, pretty young. Okay. We loved. I loved. Every second that I was at that golf course, right. I woke up in the morning and I wanted to go to the golf course. Sometimes I would play with people. Sometimes I'd play completely alone. Sometimes I'd imagine myself at Augusta hitting that shot in alone. Sometimes I would be playing a match for a grape Fanta and a piece of pizza. Yeah. I loved every second of it. I loved being out of my house. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't want to change the channel for my dad and get up and put on Channel 4, <laughs> Channel 7. We, w- we were outdoor kids, our generation, right, yeah. John Gould? Yeah, and, and I was going to go similar to that is, you know, it's nothing technical. So it's nothing, hey, you know, if I keep my left arm straight or, you know, anything like that with me, it's all about the feel. So it's, it's probably love based on what you, you said there. There are courses that I know I'm going to play well because I feel so comfortable there. You know, and I don't want to name them, but they're 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 courses that I know the experience Got is going to be good great, vibe. and I'm gonna I'm gonna play well. It right. just doesn't matter how if I played bad last week or not, I'm gonna play well. And it and especially when you when you phrase it the way you did, you know, for not for a year, for a few like for a few months, I play better if I work on something with John, and I'm you know I'm chipping better or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think as a rule. I play better when I'm at comfortable places, when I feel good just being there. Okay. Those are good answers. I have a triumvirate. I have a golden triangle, if you will, Ooh. of things that I think are the king. To match his shirt. Key, <laughs> the keys to the golf kingdom. I don't know if I want to order them, but I'll list them in relative order of what I think is key. Number three is attitude. Attitude where you can divorce yourself from the results and not get mad or even that happy about. Just be more process-oriented. 
The results are the results. The ball flies where it does. It lands on uneven ground, and it bounces where the gods want it to bounce. It's the illusion we have, John Ronis, that we can control such a audacious act to hit a golf ball 200-plus yards in the air in the outdoor elements of the wind and the conditions and have it land precisely where we want it to. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous, and yet we expect it. So if you can divorce your, adi- you can divorce your expectations of the outcome from the process, well, you've made a huge step. That's number uh, and, one. And I, I love the process. So you can divorce yourself when you're loving the process. Right. So I'm totally with you. So yeah. accept the outcome. Accept the outcome because you just love every second of the process. From everything to a long drive to a short little tiddler that to, you may miss. To practice in for three hours. It's just right. all part of the process. Okay. Number two, flexibility. If you can stay flexible, then I think that is one of the keys to the kingdom for playing mm-hmm. the game of golf. You don't have to be a flat belly as John Ronis now is. <laughs> you, don't, sure. you don't have to be able to run marathons, but you got to stay flexible, right? You're right. Okay. You are 100% right <laughs> on that one. And the number one thing, key to the kingdom, to playing the best golf you can ever play, chipping. I'm sorry to say it. Tis still my nemesis. I know, John, you've given me lessons. You've given me tips. I get it. I go in periods where I'm good. But it just, I'm telling you, if you can chip, and more than just chipping, overall short game, anything within 10 yards of the green, all the shots, bunker shots, fluffy, deep grass, tight lies, chip and runs, if you have a good short game, the world is yours. So I just, uh, that's what I would have said if we were talking about something in the game. In the game. In the game, a part of the game. I just... Played three holes with my assistant, Matt Ryan, before we got here. Matt hits the ball beautifully, and I'm, you know, what I am. <laughs> I, on the first hole, I hit a shot that was left of the green and was hanging kind of on a bunker in some Bermuda grass, and, and I had a short side, and I hit a chip to about a foot, which, wow. which he pretty much expects when we play together. We got off that green, and I said, you can't really teach that, can you? <laughs> and it wasn't... Being, being cocky much egotistical. It was, it was, yeah, I, I don't was. know how exactly you teach that. Oh. The things that went into that shot that were totally innate, when to let go of the club a little bit, how hard to swing it based on the grass. You can inform people of that stuff. I don't think you can teach it. You got to figure that out. Well, there's so many variables that would have to be taught because every lie is totally different. Correct. That type of Correct. grass. I mean, nowadays in late summer, we're getting into the mid-Atlantic, John Gould, all this fluffy-ass sort of wildcat Bermuda that's cropping up. Yep. It's the worst. Yeah. I don't know how to hit a good, deft shot around the green out of that stuff. Yeah, and, and, and they've got to water like crazy now with this heat and humidity, right? right. So it's promoting the, the growth of the grass. Uh, right. You know, and I'm not a big technical gra- you know, grass ag- guy. agronomy guy, but, but uh, it, it's interesting how we started and where we got to, right? <laughs> we, were, we were starting off a little deeper. Yeah, love you know, enjoying it. Your first one, you yeah. Know, attitude, it's all, all pretty deep. I thought maybe we were teaching philosophy class here, and, and now and it's then down we to zoomed the... into technical. <laughs> yeah. Right, we went, but we started with a little bit, you know, and then we got really technical. But we'll but, tell you where it comes yeah. from, though. In its in its simplest form, it was my only place when I was growing up that I could show off. Hmm. I had to Short be good game. at it, okay. yeah, because I couldn't hit the ball far ever. Right, and then I, you know, I can't hit a driver to save my life. I had to keep playing. And it was the one place that I felt that I could show off. So that kept me motivated to keep on trying right. different shots, different situations, and trying to figure it out. And I, again, I, I don't know if you can totally teach all of it. You can teach the technique of it. But there's something artistic sure. about that that you either have or you don't have. Um, and then there's levels of it. I'm sure I'm not as good as, as a tour player at some of these things. But the fact that I think I am, makes a big difference. Yeah. Same thing with putting. The best putters have an innate gift that cannot be taught. And the putters who struggle, like Adam Scott, bless his heart, so talented at every other aspect of the game, and he's still, even with the new non-anchored broomstick he's got out there with the giant toaster on the end of it, God, he's painfully average in how he puts. I know. Not just by the numbers, but you watch him and you see certain putts from certain distances and you go, ooh. 
I'd be gross. I'd be grossed out by that. Well, if that and was there's me. guys, you know, if we're looking at tour, there's guys that stand over the putt and you know it's going in from ten feet. And there's guys that stand over the putt. You got this guy. No chance. No shot <laughs> making it. Regardless but, of the break, you know they give us the percentages. Sure, and, sure. And I also here. think in the game itself, when you take and you say I can get up and down from places. Okay, so the yep. chipping. Right. That actually takes pressure off the iron play. It does. If yeah. you get pressure off the iron play, you get pressure off the driver. So I think actually it's the place to start to try to take the pressure off those other parts of the game too so you can hopefully excel at those down the line. It's right. a one play. Like you hit a good drive, you still have the rest of the hole. But I, right. believe me, I agree that the driver is probably the most important club in the bag, one club. But you're right. If you can get up and down more times than not, you just start to take a lot of pressure off those shots. And, and that's freeze always, you, up. you know, I'm, I'm not in your league, but I'm a, I'm a 10 handicap, and my goal is always scrape it up near the green. Yeah. I'll, I'll make par half the time and make bogey half the time, but if right. I can not get a penalty and just scrape my, you know, on a par four or second shot up yep. by the green, I'm comfortable. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. make a four or a five. It's when I hit one out of bounds or when yeah. I, when I, you know, Duff something that I, I start really struggling. Yeah. yeah, I believe Hank Haney always says the three keys for amateurs is one, put the ball in play. So no out of bounds balls, right. no in the woods balls. Secondly, uh, no more than one chip or pitch to get on the green somewhere. Good. And the third one is just avoiding three putts. Yeah. I, and when you look at the average, not the average player. E- but easier the, said than done on all of that. Button. Yeah, Correct. but the below but average player, goal. 20 handicap. Well, I guess that's maybe average. Uh, when they have a ball that's 40 yards off the green from the fairway, I don't expect them to put it on the green. Really? No, from because 40. they're either going to chunk it <laughs> or scull it over the green or okay. something like that. I don't expect them to do it. That's on the green, let alone get up and down. So you're right, Zabe. I mean, and again, it's from so many. The tee ball, you would think it's flat. It's on a tee. You, sh- you maybe can figure that out. But the... The chip shot comes in so many different variations and oh, yeah. distances, and it's not a full Lofts swing. And spin, and, yeah, contact, and what so wedge you're going to use. Bump and run or over a bunker. It's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. And, and, and when you got it going bad, it's like the bag of snakes. You're worried about every chip. Yeah. And right. You're, you're well, putting things and, you shouldn't be putting. <laughs> right. right. Well, to John's point, then you're also your you're seven iron from 150. You're like, i got to get this in the green because I don't <laughs> yeah. want to chip this. So now you put pressure – on your on your, and your you iron it. shot, yeah. Yep. yeah. Do you ever see there's a there's a TikTok uh, account that does the fake infomercials where the hook is always, "Are you tired of this? Are you tired <laughs> of that?" And it's introducing, and it's all golf related. Introducing the mulligan, <laughs> you know, and then they explain the virtues of the right. mulligan. Yeah, right. one of their TikToks is introducing. The putter. <laughs> they show a guy putting it from everywhere. Yeah. In the rough, in the fairway, out of, out of bunkers. Out of yeah. Tired of chubbing your tip chip shots? Introducing yeah. the putter. Yeah. And it happens at all levels. I mean, yeah. I remember, uh, I think it was Snedeker that chunked that chip in the Ryder Cup and cried going home on the plane. Was it Snedeker? Uh, was no. It Hunter it, Mahan? It was Hunter Mahan. Hunter yes. Mahan. He cried the whole way home. And then, sure enough, a few weeks later, he had almost the same exact shot on, like, the 17th hole to win a tournament. And? Do you think he chipped? Hell no. Right. He putted. Yeah, exactly. So it's every level that loses that confidence. Well, apparently that's Hovland's weakness. Victor oh, really? Hovland. Yeah, his yep. chipping is apparently not very good. Uh, Martin Keimer's chipping w- was legendarily not very good for a tour player. Part of the reason he won the U.S. Open at Pinehurst was... Didn't have to chip. Could putt it everywhere. Yeah. Well, they said Nicholas was a poor, a poor chipper, and, and he I think said, Nicholas "Well, I didn't have that. to do that because hey, I hit you know, so many greens." Yeah, to chipping that's for guys that don't hit the green. <laughs> right, I hit my nice little fade right on there. We were good to go. <laughs> All right, so before we go to the uh, quick nine, nine, I wanted to give you guys a funny little anecdote from playing last week up in uh, Green Bay, uh, Green Bay Country Club, uh, where uh, John Kuhn, former fullback for the Packers, hosted me, and it's a wonderful golf course. I thought it would be like a traditional kind of golf course. Doesn't it sound like a yeah. tree-lined, oak-lined, pretty flat place? It's not. It is. I call it a baby black wolf run. It's up and down. It's the Wisconsin wilderness, beautiful layout, incredible condition. So we're playing there, and I was playing with my producer, Josh, who is a bowler by trade, <laughs> but he's athletic enough that he's got a lot of golf game to him, okay? So he was happy to be out there and having fun or whatever, but we get to a par three on number eight, and we all give the yardage. Here's the yardage downhill. And everyone knows the yardage. And then we hit our shots on the green. And he asks us, what'd you hit? 
Now, he plays twice a year maybe. And sober, none. <laughs> and yes. I, I said to him, I go, ha, that's a good one. What did I hit? Just go, Josh. <laughs> and that's what Kuhn said as well. So he goes and he hits a shot, and it ends up being short because he mishit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was so bent. He was like, I didn't know we were playing a PGA Tour event, and it took until the next tee when we could tell he was still chafed by it. He's not playing for a score, by the way. And I said to him, I go, Josh, I said, I don't play with you ever. Why would I give you what my club is? It'd probably screw you up. Like, you don't know how to club off of me. Why does it matter? But you have the yardage. <laughs> that, but that's right. the other thing, too, right. I said. Yeah. I said, you have the yardage. You should know what your clubs go. I mean, but was I he thought, concerned about the downhill or something like he, that? He couldn't he figure just, that out. He just felt like we, we should have given him our clubs. Oh, that dear. was good. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny because for a hole and a half, he was a little bit bent out of shape. But he got over it, yeah. which guys do, which would, is fine. But said, it's just kind of funny yeah. that we, we laughed and didn't tell him because yeah. we thought it'd be of no value to him. Right. And he took it as an affront like we're playing hard time with him right. when wow. we're not playing for any money. It's, right. If he said, what club did you hit? I would have said 137. Yeah. <laughs> the 137 club. I mean, right. what, yeah. what are you yeah. doing here? Well, it's, just, it's like when beginners ask you, how hard should I hit it? Oh, dear God. What's the only proper, technically correct answer to how hard should I hit it? Hard enough to get it in. Okay, that's... You mean for the putt? Yeah, I assume you're saying putt. No, what is the technical measurement for how hard? It's an idiotic question. Newtons. 100%. I always oh. say oh, 6.2 newtons <laughs> ought to do it. <laughs> that, that stops people in their tracks. They're like, yeah. wait, what? Yeah. Like, how else would you measure force? Wow. You have to apply a certain force to the ball. It's amazing when I get people asking what the stint meter reading is. Yeah. What's the stint meter reading? Do you explain it to them? No, no, no. What is it today? What are the greens running at today? People want to know. You have no relevant (laughs) ability to handle that. You you know, at Augusta, they don't publish it. They say they're running at championship speed. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. What do you mean? What are the greens running at today? What does it matter? (laughs) They want to know. It's a bragging rights thing for a lot of clubs. Do you have an 11-foot stint meter putt no. No. that you just No, but I like to on? know. I like to know. Oh, wow. I like to know things. I like to know. Me- sorry. Excuse me, bro. Pet- <laughs> sorry for wanting to know something about the game. You know what else I have? I've got a wind gauge in my bag because I wanted to get a relative speed of how fast is the wind. Really? Yeah. And you'd be shocked. Wow. It doesn't. Even when it's blowing what you think is pretty but hard. what does it mean? What does it mean? Well, it means I need to give it 2.4 more newtons. That's right. Like exactly. I mean, if it's six miles the an hour, what does newtons. it mean to you? It's all about trying to assess how close are my estimations of the wind. Based on? Based on, like, it, I, there have been times where I'm like, man, it's really blowing. I pull it out. It says 12 miles an hour. I'm like, really? But then it picks up just a little bit, and it seems to, for my unscientific measurements that only a little more increase in the feel of the wind from say 12 miles to 20 miles an hour it goes up quickly once you get beyond 10 miles an hour but hey that's Holy just smokes. I don't think but that's I, I know I, I, that's, I, what I say is it this, am I too Bryson DeChambeau-ish yeah, right yeah, now well, he's trying to figure out what does it mean for you club wise is, yeah, is 10 mean, miles what, an hour oh, yeah, what club? does it mean it, it, I don't use it to club at all. Okay, well, it's, it's out of curiosity. It's, it's not useless. It's, curia- yeah, it's science, curiosity. Right. Well, science, science, that's fine. Yeah. I think that I, when someone says, bonus. I like know, gadgets. Fair okay. enough. The stint meter, it, they're rolling it at 10. And by the way, every putt on our greens are flat. Okay. What does it matter? Every putt's different. Everything's uphill, side hill, I downhill. Know. Doesn't matter what the stint meter is. Just like to know. Hey, they're kind of fast. Listening. They're kind of slow. <laughs> I, just, I would. I wouldn't mind knowing these things. All right. Well, I'll make extent. sure when you come over, I'll have yep. a stint meter. Gotcha. <laughs> really? And the weather report. Okay, yes, that's important. Okay. Too. All right. Very good. All right. Coming up, uh, we will play a quick nine, as we always do, which is a little hypothetical nine-hole course of golf questions, golf lifestyle questions, and more. And uh, we'll go from there. We're a nice threesome today. I like it. We miss Ronnie. He's busy, he's out playing, and he's running his son around to play in tournaments as well. Uh, but we are here at Golfdom. Come on down to Golfdom. All your golf needs in one glorious store, including fitting bays like the Callaway Fitting Bay we're in right now. Stay with us. We return on the Capital Golf Gang right after this. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. 
Four guys who have to come up with creative excuses to their wives for those grass stains on their pants. You are listening to The Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who all carry a perfect club, an alien wedge, a double-sided chipper, and a 20-foot ball retriever. We are back at Golfdom, Tyson's Corner, Virginia, on the web at, oh man, I need a glass of water, on the web <laughs> at golfdomgolf.com. John Ronas, John Gould joining me here this week. We are a threesome, and we are working our way through the show. Quick nine time, here we go. Hole number one. Why don't PGA Tour players use ship sticks? There was another social media incident that I saw of one Colin Morikawa, currently eighth highest ranked player in the world, two-time major champion, right? And he's taking a picture outside the window of his airplane to two sets of golf bags that were lying on the tarmac after some baggage ape said let them spill off the back of the cart right he identified one of them as his bag and he said i see my clubs on the tarmac nobody's around my heart was in my throat for a while luckily i ended up getting him back wow how is it that this service which i've never used i don't know how good they are i don't know how reasonably priced they are but how are they not partnered with the PGA Tour in some way, shape, or form? Stories persist of guys losing their golf clubs on the way to big tournaments. I think it's about control. They, they, you know, they, they always have them in the hotel room, not in the sure. courtesy car. They have them, you know, they don't even leave them at the facility most times. They want right. to bring them back to the hotel. Nobody messes with them. There's no potential if it's in my hands. Sure. Obviously, on an air, on a flight, you're still losing control. You, you're losing control, uh, but part of it. Is the delay? I think the ship sticks, at least the way I, the model that I know, it you got to you got to drop them off on Friday of so they get there on Tuesday oh, okay. or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't want to get there and not have their clubs. I do know a lot of them now are are tagging them. You know, with the you know you R- yeah, the, RFID tags. yeah RFID tags. Yeah. And and for example, when when whoever it was that lost their. Um, their clubs at, at over at the British, and I can't remember if it was a woman, a senior, or the regular British. Right. They knew where they were. They just weren't with them. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're in Paris or, or whatever. Yeah, see, I think the RFIDs have limited usefulness because, yeah. like you said, great, you know where they are. They're not with you. How do you get them? How do you yeah. get them? Yeah. Oh, hey, they're uh, over by Terminal C at LaGuardia. Yeah. Could you go grab them and then get them to me somehow? By you, magic? You right. know, you remember back in the day, the caddy would usually drive yep. from term, drive, tournament yeah. to tournament, and they would keep those clubs on them at all time. And the, term, the, the caddy was responsible for those clubs. Yep. But now that everyone's flying, it's a little different. Michael Brennan uh, went over to one of our— Michael Brennan, Wake Forest, yep. uh, All-American. Yeah, he went over to um, uh, play in the Palmer Cup in Sweden or Switzerland this summer, and he came back in no clubs. And that was also with a USA bag. Because that's what they yeah, got. Right. And uh, he had the Southern Amateur coming up in, I think it was a week later. And he was practicing, or he was trying to practice with clubs that just did not fit him anymore. And um, at one point, he hit his driver's old driver, and it was so ill-fit for him that he decided he wouldn't hit any drivers anymore oh my God. in practice. His irons were close to what his current irons are. But his driver wasn't anywhere close, and he didn't want to see the ball flight right. that was happening and change his <laughs> swing to accommodate. Okay. So, yeah. It's, so, it's, here's my follow-up to this. Why don't tour pros or high-level amateurs have a second identical set? You know, I don't, I don't think that you can have an identical set. I really don't. It's, yes, it's you that, can. The, okay. Right well, down to the layers of lead tape, if you want. Yeah. You can have it close enough, I believe. Still going to well, be a favorite. On tour, and it might be for the amateurs that that might be a good good idea. On tour, they just go to the, the van on, on uh, I, Monday through Wednesday and just get I it made. I guess so. I would have, if it was me, I'd have two sets, and I'd have, the, I'd have the one set ahead of me, sort of like a NASCAR crew, <laughs> oh, yeah. that yeah. takes the car out yeah. to Fontana yeah. while you're still racing in Bristol. I, I, I'm with you. You should have a backup of some okay. sort so you don't use a demo set. Imagine being eighth in the world, seeing your clubs lying on the tarmac with nobody around. Wondering if a 777 was going to run over him. Yeah, oh, magic. <laughs> ka-chunk, ka-chunk. <laughs> Hole no. number two, the really hard par five. Are you a fan? 
17th hole, Green Bay Country Club. It's a hard par five. It's rock and roll. It's dogleg left. It's two carries over a couple water hazards, some gumdrop mounds, long rough on the left, trees, you name it. And John Kuhn, the member, said, I don't like this hole. It's too hard. I go, why? He's like, it's a par five. It's supposed to be a hole you can make a birdie on. I said, I kind of like the occasional nasty par five. Yeah, I think if it's not a length-oriented nastiness, like it's not 700 yards, then I'm all for it. Who has 700-yard par five? Well, there's 680. Yeah. Where, where is that? Uh, I think Woodmont, 10th hole, six, six something. Is that too six long? 610, maybe. I don't know. For me, it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just takes, it's, it's a one dimensional kind of thing. Isn't, isn't uh, Congressional 9, 610, I believe? If you play Could it all be. the way, probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think his point is, right? It's not just length that makes it difficult, then it's okay. I mean, nobody said if, if, if a par five was easy and we bir- made birdies on it, it'd be a par four. Mm, you know, right. it's supposed to be. That's the score. It takes you three shots to get there and two putts. That's the way it's supposed to be. I respect a good hard par five, even if it is a bit long. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, we, I'd rather have, have a hard par five than a hard par three. Hard par threes. Hard par threes are, shot. yeah. Our 16th hole, we have the Potomac River on the left, yep. and you have a bunker All on the right on the and a cliff on the right. So you have to hit a decent drive. Pretty lenient, but a decent drive. Then the second shot is a complete B-buster where you have to hit it between some water, and then the third shot you have to hit over water. All kind of acceptable as far as length goes. It's about 600 from the back, or there are 580 from the back. It's a substantial par five. But it's, you have to, con- and it's just a, a, a 15, 16, 17, 18, you can't let your guard down at all, but it's a, you have to keep focused and determine kind of how to play it and what to play it, and there's options to play it. I like that. A okay. lot. So I'm all yeah. for a good yeah, par, par five. fives are not. They, Especially I in mean, a match. there should be some that are reachable, but that doesn't mean that they all should be easy. Yeah, I think yeah. one hard par five a course is is fine. Yeah, yeah. I kind of respect it yeah. to be able to say, hey, you're in for a fight all the way on this hole. You better hit three really good right, shots, right. not one and two mediocre yeah, shots. I'm all for it. All right, hole number three, best snack at the turn. Hot dog. Golly, I, I just M and M's. Snickers. Ooh. Frozen Snickers. No, frozen. frozen. Refrigerated. Refrigerated. Okay, right. Frozen's too much. Yeah. How about a refrigerator frozen Uncrustables? Very good. That's the new rage these days. Any, peanut, any you know, homemade about, peanut butter and jelly you know sandwich. What? Uh, All right. Uh, Kinlock does a grilled peanut butter and jelly. That is fantastic. <laughs> of course Kinlock does. Oh, yeah. I bet that's They're awesome. They're always doing something extra. Mine, next my level. go-to's since I've been eight years old is a Snickers and a Coke. Yeah, nice. that's my move. Good, no sugar there. involved in that yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. No. Oh, well, Diet Coke look, now. Look at the guy lecturing Mr. Yeah. Skinny Beans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't turn into that yeah. guy. No, I will I'm root for you to me. stay in shape. Don't be that guy. I'm not. Okay. B- back in my days, when <laughs> when I drink a Coke with every meal, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love peanut M&M's. Love peanut M&M's. Okay. And um, I like a hot dog that snaps. Okay. Oh, I a snappy hot dog. I love a hot dog, dog okay. that snaps. How about, that's it for me. How about Nipchee crackers? I eat them all Good. day. Yep. Okay. All right. All day. Yep. How about a Rice Krispie treat? Uh, too I'll, sticky. Yeah. Too sticky. I don't yeah. want that on the grip. Yep. How about potato chips? No. Don't like greasy. those greasy. Yep. Okay. Never eat potato chips. You left hand them, and that way it's in your gloves. <laughs> in and, your glove, yeah. Yeah. I don't go. I go without a glove. I mean, next level. Yeah. Like, oh well, then then you're yeah. in trouble. You there. just yeah. do the old down the chute <laughs> yeah, from the go. bag. Hole number four, quick nine. Would you rather play a scramble on a nice private club? You're like, oh, I've been dying to get on. Crusty Acres Country Club, and I'm finally on it, but uh, it's a scramble. Or would you rather play Crusty Acres on your own ball, but the greens are lightly aerated? I'm playing in the scramble. Really? Yeah. yeah I want, I'm opposite. I want to play. Me, I'm the opposite too, Ghoul. I love, I love perfect conditions, even if I have to give in a little bit to the scramble. Now, I'm going to say, I'm going to bet, hopefully, that I might be one of the better players in the scramble, so we'll be playing a lot of the so it'll be eighty percent of your ball anyway. Yeah, yeah. but okay. I, that's a different hate, perspective than mine. That's interesting. Yeah. I want perfect greens. Okay. I, I would. I, I want to play my own ball and and the lightly tiny. Now, assuming it's lightly tiny. Yeah, micro yeah, micro holes. Yeah, it doesn't bother me a bit. I, I I've. What if I back threw, to the experience? Yeah. You know that is you know the private club that I've never played that I wanted to play. I will feel good playing there, even if it's tined, slightly tined. Okay. Lightly All right. Tined. Would you rather play 18 at Krusty Acres, the club you've been dying to get on, on with lightly sanded greens, top-dressed, lightly, though, or just nine holes of Krusty Acres perfect? 
the do front hole is perfect. The, the sand, the sanding on the sand, greens. The sandy greens are a bit Makes much. it a little tougher. Yeah, that's to like do. sand in the swimsuit. No yeah, fun. Hole number five. Should tour players crack on other tour players on social media? Or should the game strive to remain gentlemanly at all times, even in the snake pit that is Twitter? No, I think they should. Because I, I saw... I think that, you know, all keeping, keeping... Let's not get personal and all the other stuff, but, you know, if, if someone wants to crack in the, in the day of DeChambeau's hat or something like that, I mean, you know, or someone... It maybe, maybe someone says, you know, maybe that medium shirt might be ready for a large. You know, stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. I think that's fine. It's another fat joke. This well, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> but, same but direction here. Same direction, I, yeah. I think... But I think to say that in this day and age that you have to stay all proper and blah, blah, blah. The reason I ask is because I believe Byung Young An joked about the Live Tour attorney saying these poor boys, Swafford, Hudson, and Jones, these poor lads can't play in the FedEx Cup. And Byung Young An is like, yeah, these poor lads who are millionaires yeah. with crying emojis. And I'm like, ooh, player on player crying. See, see, I love it. Is that okay? I, I think, yes. I you think like from it. our perspective, this is what we want. It's good right? content. We, yeah, it's good it's content. Good grist for the mill. Not even okay. for us as a radio show, but for, for just yeah. golf consumers. I love it. Now, if I was advising John Ronas, PGA Tour player, I'd say, yeah, I think I'd probably stay lay away off from of that, that, you know, because right. it's only going to come back at to you. bite. Not, not yeah. if there's ten million at the end of the rainbow for my for pit, social media score. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see the official Fred Couples account just tweeted denied, denied, denied on the? That's uh, great. Live Love the couples like, just couples dug in. All right, interesting. Yep. Hole number six, quick nine. Should there be an official trophy or award or prize for what is called the sweet? What I'm calling. The Sweet 16 champion in golf, which is you played all 16 rounds of the majors in a year, so you made the cut in all four majors, which is not easy, and you have the lowest cumulative score to par. You may not have won any of them, but you are the Sweet 16 champ. Should there be a trophy, an award, or money? I say hell yes. What do you say? I do. Yeah, agreed. I do. I'm surprised the tour has not uh, capitalized on that from a – Sponsor perspective, yeah. We got mm-hmm. a Wyndham Cup. We yeah. got, we got uh, you know, of course, the FedEx Cup. We got all these other things that would be, and they don't own any of the majors. So this is their way to horn in on some, yeah. some publicity from all the majors to say, you know, hey, this is, this is the, uh, the PGA Tour, whatever sub- right. uh, yeah. contest. Here it is right here. There yeah. were nine guys. Only. And it's that, never more than 16. You know, it's, it's, it's generally a couple handfuls. Nine guys that, want, that played all 16 rounds in the majors. Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy was 29 under combined in the four majors. Didn't win a single one of them. And some people still want to crack on him. Like, For not like, closing. The first yeah, two didn't. Like, yeah. Ron, like Ronnie. The if Ronnie two. was here, he'd be taking cheap shots of my boy Rory. Yeah. What a year he's had. So he was minus 29. Will Zalatoris was minus 21. No he also wins. didn't win. Yeah. Matt Fitzpatrick was minus 16. Justin Thomas was minus 3. John Rahm then was plus 4. So there's only three guys that were under par yeah. in all four. 16. Yep. No, th- yeah, four. Thank you. Wow. Uh, Rahm plus 4. Matsuyama plus 6. Joaquin Neiman, plus 13, Patrick Reed, 15 over, and Terrell Hatton, plus 19. I would have never bet that Terrell Hatton. Correct. Nor Neiman, probably, yeah. Probably, but yeah. Yeah. I think we need to make an award for that. That's great. I agree. Because it's still a hell of an accomplishment. And you know the tour's got a sponsor they can capitalize on this. Of course they do. Put put 10 million in that sucker. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they're finding money left and right. Well, you guys talked. I wanted to say real quick. You guys talked about that last week. I think they're going to just up the sponsorship money. You guys are like, is this a rainy day fund that they're finding this money yeah, for? Where's this oh, money where's it been? From? I just think they're going to up the sponsorship money. Yeah, where's it coming from? You're going to have to charge the sponsors more. Yeah, well, what? they might not want to pay that. I, I get yeah. it, yeah. but you might find something to do. That's a great business strategy. Just ask for more, more yeah. money. Yeah. That's well, a good sales. Hey, we're going to try if, that at if our If your jobs. product is elevated because it's the only one in town and everyone hates the live tour, then you yeah. might get more exposure. I'm not sure it's going that way, but okay. Hole number seven. Where do you stand on silly animal head covers? Whatever flips your lid. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm never going to tell somebody they shouldn't do. If they're going to put iron head covers, that's probably where do I you have start. A silly, do you have a silly animal head cover? I do not. Uh, Ronus? 
Do you have a Yukon Husky head I cover? I don't have a, hus- I have a Husky on my head cover, but it's not a Husky head cover. But I, I, would, I would have no problem with a Yukon Husky, a Husky dog head cover as okay. my. It would, say, it would have to say Yukon on it. I mean, yeah, I think they make those. Christmas yeah. list. I think they make head covers that are college mascots. Oh, they do. They do. I have yeah. one with, it's a leather one with the fight song on right. it and the Yukon Husky. I had a phase where I was into that. I had a uh, gorilla head cover for the driver. Mm-hmm. Of course. Sweet. And then I found this rooster head cover. <laughs> Big old rooster. You put the driver right up its ass. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, look at my rooster here. Let's take out the big rooster right now. Yeah. And then I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it, whatever makes it fun. Yeah, I exactly. Know, I know. Hole number eight. Is there such a thing as too hot to play golf? Absolutely. You really? And this week is part of it. This week is a tester for sure. Uh, I, in my old age now, uh, and, and, Admittedly, I have access to golf, right? You know, sure. Working in the business. My temperature range has just shrunk, you know, so it's probably <laughs> not less than 60 and maybe not more than 84 or 85. Wow, your I range is shrinking. Felt, oh, yeah. There's no question. It's like a strike zone shrinking Correct. from Angel Hernandez. <laughs> smaller and smaller. Uh, somebody asked me that, Ronis. They said, are you playing golf today or is it too hot? And I go, what is too hot to yeah. play? I don't think I have that in my I used vocabulary. to have the conversation with my mom, may she rest in peace, of the uh, when my glove would turn blue from the sweat. Oh, yeah. She would always say, blue I knew glove. you were going to play good today. That glove was going to turn Aww. blue. And, it was, and we didn't have as much of that in Massachusetts. Right, sure. But I love the hot weather. I really do. Now, I'd rather not wear long pants, but I love hot weather. And now that I'm older, I like it even more because it keeps me loose. Yeah. All right. Final question here. Quick nine. Have you ever silently blacklisted a friend or a coworker or someone that's in your sort of golf group from playing with them where you don't actually tell them. It's like a no-fly list where you just make sure to maneuver around having to play with them. Have you ever done that? 100%. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I on that list? Hell no. Well, we okay. haven't played this year. I know. Well, <laughs> see, that's, that's the thing. No, nope. You starting. are not on the list. Okay, just checking. I, I mean, beg. <laughs> I got to start begging. It's, I, that's, I got to start begging. So you've done it. Ghoul, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I don't have a regular golf group, but yeah, I've maneuvered so I don't play with somebody. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a few guys now that I'm starting to go, you know what? Probably don't. If it's that. not great fun to play with them, yeah. it's, not it's not worth, worth your it. time. Right. It's well, too well, hard to play around the golf. And there are some really good friends that are good players that I still like them, but I'm, I'm starting to go, okay, when we're out there, we got to yep. have fun. Yep. Life is too short. Yep. Let's go. Okay, coming up, final segment here on the Capital Golf Gang this week. If the Live Tour's opening salvo in their legal battle against the PGA Tour and Jay Monahan was a golf hole, triple bogey. It was a mess, but it's one hole. We'll see where they go from here, and we'll talk about it next. Capital Golf Gang coming to you from Golfdom in Tyson's Corner. Come on down for all your golf needs. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who once dreamed of becoming caddies on the PGA Tour until they found out you have to take the blame for everything. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who only care about one trajectory on their irons, Airborne. Airborne is good. Straight is good. You can always talk to those and make a ham sandwich out of it. John Ronis, uh, Director of Golf at River Creek with me today. John Gould, the Executive Director of the Middle Atlantic PGA. Uh, Ron Thomas is out doing Ron Thomas things. Hope to have him back next week. So, the Live Tour got denied in their temporary restraining order motion to get three, three of their, I think, 11... FedEx Cup eligible players into the FedEx Cup this year, despite being suspended or, in the case of a good number of guys, having resigned their membership to the PGA Tour. Um, It was not a total victory for the PGA Tour. The judge in the case um, was sort of pointed to some of the things that the Tour was claiming, but a number of unbelievable bad shots came out of the live attorneys. The most damning one was at admission when they were showing as evidence the Taylor Gooch contract to play for the Live Tour. He's one of the younger guys mm-hmm. yep. that was out there, 20, 
four maybe yeah, he's young. young yeah you were surprised by gooch ghoul when he decided to jump you're like this guy's young and he's good what's he doing yeah. right and they they gave the details in court of the contract they did not release that it was redacted which is god i want to see those mm-hmm. numbers and the live attorney admitted that when they win prize money some of the contracted players like gooch have offsets in other words, Draws. they draw, they take that from the hundred million or fifty million they gave him wow. to come to the live tour. It's a detail that was vehemently pushed back on. Correct. By a number of people with Live, including Norman, including their PR person at a press conference who made sure to get on the mic and say, that is not true. Brandel Chambly, who first reported this, got blistered by many people. Turns out he was right, at least in the case of some players. Now, why is that important? Because it dawned on me today why I think that point is very important. What do you oh, think? Why? I think well, because they're playing for nothing. They, yeah, yeah. They're playing for nothing. They've got a guarantee that, and so if they play well, it gets subtracted from them. If they don't play well, they get the money anyway. So where's the and incentive? They're never and they're going to get what, to that. And if that's they what, got paid $12 million. They got to win first of all. What three times, right. four times? Yeah, it's right. But, you know, in, in a three-year period. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just not. It's just not feasible. It just makes them have no incentive whatsoever. I think it's a. I, I think it's a problem in our in our workforce where sometimes we give you know large draws to people who are unmotivated people. You know, I think my wife's in sales, right? And and she changed jobs, and there's a draw involved. She happens to be a very motivated person. She's going to exceed that. But some people just go, all right, I'll yeah. sit back. I got to draw. Well, and that's what the, the players who stayed with the PGA Tour, that was the thing they kept concentrating on is what, you don't have any incentive to play well, yeah. to practice. And then you, you hear some of them like Dustin Johnson say, well, I just don't want to play till I'm 50. You know, I don't want to play the rest of my life. Which <laughs> he's is, 38. Yeah, which is totally crazy. But <laughs> what he's really saying is I don't want to practice all the yeah. time. And he, he got $100 million, right? Yeah, so he'd have to win 25 times. Well, we right. don't know the specifics of his contract. Right. My it could understanding be only is, the lower level is yeah. the draw could type be. of thing. But yeah. but, yeah, the reason that and it dawned on me as to why that is such a damning revelation is because the average American sports fan, any sports fan, knows what an exhibition is. Mm-hmm. And we scorn exhibitions, whether it's August football in the NFL or most of the NBA season until the month of May right. or anything else that we know is not a real thing. We shun it. The essence of the PGA Tour product, God, I wish I could talk to Monaghan and some of his overpaid lackeys. I would say, listen, your product is savage competition with hordes of really good golfers, many of whom you don't know yet, but you may soon, like Will Zalatoris. And the winner each week, whether it's Memphis or Arnold Palmer, doesn't matter, stands on top of the heap, bloodied, but champion that week. And that resonates with the fans. Not only that, but it's the legacy involved in I was a PGA Tour winner. It's that hard. I won an event on the PGA Tour. I won an tour. event on the PGA yeah. Tour. Wow, you're did. set for life. Just being on tour is yeah. something you can well, brag you're about. Teach, you're, you're a teacher there for $400 an hour right. if you won on the PGA Tour. Right. So right. It, it, it dawned on me how important it was that they push back on that Chambly report and to go over the top and go, that's not the case, because it cuts to the heart and the essence of, well, what are you? Yeah. Oh, you're an exhibition tour. That's wonderful. With shotgun starts and music. And, you're an yeah. exhibition yeah. tour. Nobody wants an exhibition tour. No. And not to mention, you know, the, again, being able to play when you're 50 on the Champions Tour and things like that. I mean, again, it's just something that you sit back and you say, what is the most important thing? And for some people, the most important thing is the money. And I, okay, yeah. it's fine. Just tell I have no that. problem yeah. with that. The, the other thing was the, uh, the judge, and sh- the judge didn't seem to be a golf fan, which is can kind of be a good thing because she looks at it with a fresh set of eyes. She saw the money that Taylor Gooch was being paid, and the tour's attorneys were like, this is more than he's made on tour ever. And she's like, and so she's like, so what's the problem? Why why does he need to want to come back to your guy's thing? (laughs) Where's the damages? Right. Exactly. Because that's at the essence of it. A TRO has to say, my clients will be irreparably damaged that they can't play. Right. And they looked at the numbers. She looked at them and she's like, I, I don't see it here. You know what's interesting, and I'm sure you've got a list of what, what uh, we went over, what, what came out, but the thing I caught re- that uh, came to me was she said, you know, these contracts are awfully restrictive. 
with the, the with live, the, yeah, with yeah. the live tour. You know, the, and and obviously we don't see the contract. She's yeah. just reading it and saying that it's restrictive. And all those guys that said, "I want to play less golf," you know, "I want to," you know, "I want to be able to do other things." I want to be with my family. I missed Pat Perez. So I missed my daughter's birth because right. I had to play at some Las Vegas, you know, yeah. event or something like that. And there's just no way when when we read that. Well, what we think we know about the Live Tour and their contracts is, hey, it's seven tournaments this year, and you got to be at all of them. Yeah. Next year it's fourteen. You got to be at all of them. Yeah. Well, if you wanted to play in the majors, okay, now we're at eighteen. Mm-hmm. You know, you at you know the the tour only required fifteen. Yeah. And they let you pick which ones. This yeah. one's saying you're doing fourteen, and you have to be at all of these. Yeah. Right. The uh, the Live attorney also referred to the FedEx Cup playoffs as the Super Bowl. Yeah. Of golf. <laughs> And many people are like, what are you talking about? Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> like, the analogy doesn't hold no. up on any front. A little bit more of the Pro Bowl of golf. <laughs> it's, it's something, you know. Yeah. I'll watch some of it, yeah. but I'm yeah. not going to get super excited about it. And at, at its core, why do I care if Taylor Gooch makes $50 million to sign and another $4 million to win the Abu Dhabi hit and giggle? I don't care, but if I learn that he's not actually making the $4 million, it changes the whole perception. Yeah. Yep. Because if if he wants to be greedy and take the fifty million and then add four mil, million more to it, at least I say, okay, he's grinding to add four yeah. more to the pile. Yeah. Fine. Right. Yep. It's right. when it goes the other way that renders it. Well, what are we doing here? Right. Also, one of the uh, live attorneys did not turn off his wireless microphone That's that right. was used in yep. the court for the fifteen minute break they took in the proceedings. It was almost like a naked gun situation <laughs> without the bathroom. Right. <laughs> or was that uh, Austin Powers? No, it was naked gun. was naked Frank Drebin, baby. <laughs> yes. And so there was people watching the proceedings trying to figure out what are they saying? You know, they were kind of overhearing some things. So that was bad right there as well. You mentioned Brando Chambly yes. in one of the comments. Yeah. Exactly. And then there was tweets like this uh, from at Tweeter Alice, not Peter Alice. Yeah, yeah Tweeter, Tweeter Alice. Alice. Pretty good, good yeah. account. If the LIV lose today in court, how much does Pat Perez stand to make anyway? Right. <laughs> right. Because he has been the anchor right. he shoots on the aces. <laughs> he still yeah. keeps making money. Yeah. Although maybe it's a draw against his guarantee. Who knows? Who knows? So anyway, probably is. this is just the first hole. It was a triple bogey. It was a wayward drive, a skulled four iron into a tree and three putts at the end of the day. We'll see if it stands up. Uh, none of us are antitrust attorneys here. so. No. I think we shouldn't go too far on this. Well, the, the difficulty at ever assessing this is we are all trained to think, well, how is this ever going to break even? And that's not the issue for the live tour. Right. So they're not worried about return on investment ever. Yeah. So they might just say, hey, we lost that and we're going to be an exhibition and nobody's going to watch it. We're not going to get a TV contract. We're still spending sure. $200 million, you know, on, on our, our employees. Yeah. To play, and it's not going to matter. And it then it can be, I think, almost their gold armor and their Achilles heel all at once. That the ability to keep droning on if this goes on for three, four, five years, which I think it may well do, is going to perhaps be its Achilles heel because the guys who are playing the tour, whether they're winning or not, whether it's Kepka or DeChambeau, they're going to become more and more irrelevant because this tour yes. will never capture the imagination yeah. of the average golf fan. Right. I'm confident in saying that. Right. Well, and what I think was another important part about you know the loss yesterday is now the the uh, world golf ranking points. Um, we know they've told us a couple things. One, it has to be 72 holes. One, there's a year um, Probation. probationary period. Right. All that stuff. So what I think this tells us is. All of those guys on that tour, their world golf ranking is going to plummet. Yeah, right? of course. So you get their no world points. golf rankings way down, and then a year you say, hey, we're going to offer you world golf ranking points. But all their collective points are so low that when they play amongst each other, they don't gain points. So they just stay so down there even and if, never make the majors. So even if the Live Tour was given the OWGR seal of approval, right. they're going to have a hard time racking up the points because they're in a closed, shallow kiddie pool of players correct so it, the, 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 the points for winning an yeah. event like that are based on the strength of the field based on their points yeah. someone else made a point that you know guys like DeShambo, weirdo that he may be is that he loves golf and they said he's only got 15 rounds left in 2022 is that enough for him yeah you know like mm-hmm. at some point 
Where is he going to go to get his competitive juices? It's interesting because he loves golf, well, but he doesn't a- realize that he's one-dimensional. He thinks he can go into this media <laughs> aspects and production and all the other stuff, but he's not. He's a golfer. And what he has to really do is enjoy that part of his life because he should love golf and everything in, in, in golf that he brings out of it. But he thinks that he's like a, a, a media superstar. Uh, hopefully well, he's he'll a figure U- that out. He's a YouTuber who yeah. also yeah. plays golf on a tour that's going to pay him a lot of money. Yeah. So Look, the him. tour's garbage. It's just a matter of the PGA Tour does have to do some things to make it more lucrative for, you know, winning. Sure. On the PGA Tour. And, and they, they've already forced out. a lot of changes. Yeah. And they have forced the PGA Tour to help the judge find his wallet, as Rodney Dangerfield yeah. once said in Caddyshack. And they right. found their wallet on that. And they may be on the wrong side of a couple of antitrust issues. I don't know that. Yeah. I'm not sure it, it can't be remedied. But, you know, the, the Live Tour, to me, remains a junk concept with a long runway. Yeah. And it'll rumble down the runway for quite a while. I don't think it's ever going to fly. We shall I see. hope it doesn't. They got Cam Smith. I hope it doesn't. Yeah. They got, and Mark yeah. Leishman. Although- Good. Cam Smith. <laughs> funny. So, so in, our, in our reach here of the, of the podcast yep. and on the radio show, I had someone drive up, and they just stopped, and they go, I got three Ronas hot takes. You don't like Cam Smith. You can't hit your driver and blah, blah, blah. I've been nice. listening to the radio show or nice. the podcast. And, yeah, I don't, Cam Smith does nothing for me. Aussie yeah. Joe Dirt. He's, he's, he's number two in the world, but you're slug. right. He doesn't. For now, he's number two. Right. That's, get, that's get another another fatal flaw of the Live Tour is that you can identify the quote best players in the world, and they're going to stay the best players in the world for years at a time. Yeah. I used to love Yvonne. Le- I mean, I used to love tennis. Yvonne Lendl, useless yeah. Yeah. to me. Right, great player. No useless. personality. No personality. Cam Smith, go bye bye. No, no, we don't need okay. you. Go fishing. Uh, what do you have for a closing thought as we wrap it up here today? My closing thought is we're getting ready to go into a great time of year once this heat gets by us. So uh, fight through this weather and go play, play, play. On the same line as Ronas uh, from earlier, I was at a drive, chip, and putt at Riverbend, and somebody came up to me and said, I recognize your voice. Are you on the Capitol Golf game? Nice. How about that? Nice. How about that? I like that. Reach. I like that. The pay here is not great. (laughs) It's all right. Zero dollars per episode, but you get it back in total consciousness on your deathbed and the occasional shout-out from somebody who listens to the show. I get a lot more than an occasional. No, it's, I, it's I, fantastic. I, I get a lot of people that say they listen. I was like, good, I'm glad. And they, they'll repeat things. Yeah. They really listen. So yeah. thank you, everyone, who does listen on the uh, uh, Red Circle platform, Capital Golf Gang. Just go to wherever you get your podcast. Type in Red or type in Capital Golf Gang. It will show up because With it's, an A. It's, yes, Capital. <laughs> uh, it'll show up. Um, yeah, it shows right up. It'll show up on whatever platform you get your podcasts. Yep. Yep. Thank you to Golftum for sponsoring us, boys. Thanks for coming in. Out of the air conditioning, into the sweltering heat. But luckily, Ronas has white pants, so I think he's well-equipped for it. Yep, and husky shoes. All right, so have a great week, sweet. everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Capital Golf Gang, presented by Golftum. This has been the Capital Golf Gang on the Team 980. If you'd like the gang to visit your home course, send your inquiries to zabe at yahoo.com. That's C-Z-A-B-E at yahoo.com. Or visit the show page at www.theteam980.com. And for free swag, we're all in extra large. So yeah, thanks for the shirts.